Let's let's pray. Father God, I ask that you come now, God, and and I ask, O oh Lord, that you would release your power. I ask, God, that you would release your power, God, so that we can respond to you and move from this place. And God, I ask that you would allow us, O oh Lord God, to, uh, to listen, to understand, and to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for letting me be up here today. And uh, I got the topic, surrounded by evil and how bad can it get? (laughs) And uh, you live with yourself, you tell us. (laughs) Right? Right? So I had a dash and it says, staying true. Surrounded by evil. Staying true in the midst of that. So the question is, who was more evil, Judah or Babylon? Right? Who, who, who was getting thrashed? Right? The, the holy people were getting thrashed. So who was more evil, Judah or Babylon? Now, Judah is getting exiled to a pagan land because it has continued to practice sin over, over and over and over and over again. And so, so many times when we're looking at sin... The issue is for us that have been uh, Christians for thousands of years, it's, it, it's not that we don't sin, right? But it's, the issue is, do you practice it? Do you practice it? Do you, do you get up in the morning and just keep doing it again and you're so good at it? But you're practicing it. And see, this is the issue with, with, with Judah is that they, they were practicing sin. And so God uh, had made um, a decision that he was going to do something about that, and so he exiled them to the pagan land. And there was moral decline, and as Carol taught us on the first night, it was idolatry. Now, there's this interesting thing you need to know, that while they traveled through the wilderness, these gods were there. Do you remember when Moses came down from the mountains and they were and they were having you know this orgy? What do you think that was about? Do you think that was the first time these people had ever done that? You think that idea just came to them that moment and go, hey, let's let's have an orgy. They had been doing that already. It's crazy. Something that had been doing, and God knew that. And yet God chose these people. And he's hovering over them, and he's taking care of them. And he's really trying to really teach them to let go of this. And so what was happening now in the land of Israel, where God had said, go and and drive out all of these idols, go drive out all these demonic forces, this, this orgy stuff was going on. So they would go, and they would do the you know, the festivals and the sacrifices, and then they'd go to the trees and they'd do their stuff, and, and that's what they'd be doing. They'd be having sex out there. Fifty Shades of Grey. 
And, and this is what God was, was dealing with. This kind of defilement is what was going on in this land. The, the chosen people of God were doing these things. Now, God sent many prophets, many, many, many prophets to warn them and warn them and warn them, gave them so many chances to, to stop it, but they wouldn't listen. They didn't listen to God. And they relied on their status. They relied on the fact that God had chosen them, delivered them out of Egypt, was their God, and, and they relied on their status as God's chosen people and not holiness. My admonition uh, to us tonight is, what are you relying on? Are you relying on your status as a Christian? That you're a Christian? Or are you relying on the, the fact that Jesus died for you and made you holy and living in that holiness? So do you practice Christianity? Or do you practice holiness? Because if we sit down, we can kind of dissect some things and reveal some things in there. And, and God, even tonight, is challenging us where we are right now to really search our hearts and see, are we just resting on our laurels that we're Christian and we're just not as bad as that or this or that? But we're not really, really looking to the standard of are we being holy? Because the book of Daniel is about holiness. That's what it's about. So it doesn't matter how evil it's out there. The book of Daniel says it's possible for me and you to be holy no matter what the heck's going on around us. In Deuteronomy, before, before even this vast, vast time of, of giving over to these sexual orgies and, and all of this stuff, in Deuteronomy 28, 36, it, Moses said, the Lord will exile you and your king to a nation unknown to you and your ancestors. Just as the Lord found great pleasure in causing you to prosper and multiply, the Lord will find pleasure in destroying you. Where's your loving God now? Where is your little Christian, loving, nurturing God? You've got to be afraid, people. You've got to be afraid because God does not delight in just the label of being a Christian. He delights in us being holy. So who was more evil, Judah or Babylon, right, in God's eyes? Babylon was God's tool to discipline Judah, Babylon was the most powerful kingdom at that time. They just, they just were taking over the earth. And they had a reputation for being excruciatingly violent and evil. And they believed that you controlled people by terrorizing them. Do you know some people like that right now? <laughs> Maybe God is using some people to discipline Maybe. It's a thought, huh? It's a thought. Now, again, this holy God that we have 
really, really works hard to delay punishment. He works really hard. And he promised to spare judgment on the nations, and specifically King Zedekiah, if they went willingly to Babylon. See, because he already decided this discipline was going to happen. But he said, but if you go willingly, it'll be better for you. Jeremiah 27.10, but the people of any nation that submits to the king of Babylon will be allowed to stay in their own country to farm the land as usual. I, the Lord, have spoken. Jeremiah 38.17, then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, this is what the Lord God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, if you surrender to the Babylonian officers, you and your family will live and the city will not be burned down. So even in this act of just surrendering to God's discipline, they would be spared something. But as you and I know, they didn't do it. I'm I'm wanting you to connect here the truth about the necessity about discipline. And and even as I'm speaking that to you, that you would stop and reflect and say, am I a disciplined child of God? Am I a disciplined woman of God? Or am I just a Christian? Because that is what God is working in your life, in my life right now, is to discipline us so that we become more holy. We have the capacity, when God says you are holy, what God is saying is you have the capacity to be holy. That means that you have the capacity to overcome sin, turn your back on sin, reject sin, gird your loins against sin, and and move towards holiness. You have a capacity to be holy. And and within the room here, you all have the capacity. If you're saved by, by the blood of the lamb, you all have the capacity. But some of you are not really practicing your holiness and moving in it as deeply as you could. And and what I'm wanting to awaken in you tonight is it's time. Because it won't go well for you. You won't handle things as well when you're not understanding the discipline of being holy. You are going to be knocked down. You will, you will, you will, you will be caught up in the consequences of things. You're so lucky. I always get the hard word. They, they prayed for me, and I, get the, I got the teaching on this. But, but, but God does work very diligently to warn us every Sunday, every Monday night at 7, every Tuesday morning at 9.30, right? Every Wednesday at 7. Some of you drive in the car and you put your, your radio on and you hear people. And God works very diligently to warn you. And if you do your homework, God does it too. Right, my little table? And these are ways that the Father is casting out that seed and, 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 and warning us and, and, and encouraging us so that we, we respond to him and, and we trust him and, and we obey. And then one day, 
he says, okay, it's enough. That's enough. You're not getting it. Something's going to happen to you. Something. Something's going to knock you off your feet. Something's going to hit you between the eyes. There's going to, a stone is going to hit you on the forehead and knock you down. Something's going to happen so that God can get your attention and get you thinking about holiness again, thinking about doing that. And um, we, uh, once a month, I hold a, a prayer night at my house. And it's been neat. We've been doing it now for, I don't know, about three years. And it's uh, anybody can come. And so we had this young couple come. And it's always fun when you don't, you don't know who, who they are. And this young man came in. And he, he came in. And he had cancer. He had colon cancer. And he came in. And he, and he sat on, on the, the wife. And he sat on the sofa. And he's like, telling, you know, how can we pray for you? Oh, I have cancer. And I want healing. And um, my first reaction to God was like, really? Really? This is how much you trust us? You moved in your spirit and you drew these people to my little cottage of rest and said, go there, they're going to pray for you. Do you know what an honor that is? And so we prayed for him. And, 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 and in the middle of the prayer, I said to, to the young man, I said, so how are you doing with the Lord? He goes, I'm closer than I've ever been in the last three months. Yeah, right? So praise God. That's what it took. But he's closer to God than he's ever been in the last three months. Because that's everything, people. Is the healing of the cancer the important thing? I'm going to tell you, not really. What's really important is the closeness that he is to God, his desire for holiness. I want to live for God, he says. So we got to pray some more, and yeah, we did, we, we did, we did some healing too, and then we did some exhortation because, you see, he's got to grow. <laughs> it's not all the gift of encouragement. <laughs> But God loves us, very patient with us, and he gives us a lot of warnings. I have a two-year-old little Ethan, and I have introduced the spoon. And he knows, because I'm a prophet, and I'll say to him, do you want the spoon? No, nanny, no. <laughs> No, he starts to back up. See, that's our God. Do you want the spoon? <laughs> Do you want it? He loves us. He doesn't want to do those things to us. You understand? He doesn't want to. But I'm saying to you, he will. So many times I get, oh, God's a loving God. God's a loving God, but he's a holy God, which means when someone is holy, they got to maintain holy standards. So they're not enablers. They don't enable, right? And God's not an enabler. He's going to give you room, and then he's going to give you the spoon. 
So I asked the Lord, okay, so what, what word do you have for us about how we handle evil here in Babylon? And he said, I already, I already tell you that. I already showed you where that is. I already, it's already there. Jeremiah 29. 29 and starting in verse 4. And see, we normally just read 29, you know, 11, for I have good plans for you, and da-da-da. We, we love that one. We just kind of hang out in that one, right? Um, but, but it's a good, it's, it's good, it's a truth. But it's a neat thing is he, that he, he gave to Jeremiah instructions for the people in, in exile. Now, if you eat Bible, you would know that. You see? But he, he had given that. And, and, and so then Jeremiah says, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, and I just love that name right there, Heaven's armies. Somebody said to me, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies. I'm kind of going, all right. This, right? Uh, the God of Israel says to all captives he has exiled to Babylon from, from Jerusalem, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens, eat the produce, eat the food they produce, marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and I will do for you all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your land. That's it. I'm done. That's what you got to (laughs) do. Just do that. (laughs) But you see, God, look, I'm telling you. This God, it's like when I, when I, and I do, I have, and I just want you to know I have whacked Ethan with a spoon. It has happened. And then I get him, I get him, and I hug him, and I hold him, and I say, I love you. I love you. And he lets me comfort him. But I'm going to whack him again if he does it. Right? And that's our God. He's whacking, and says, and I love you. I love you. I love you. He's holding them in that moment. This Go, go, and you have to you have to live out this discipline, but but I love you and 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 do this, do this. What I want you to s- stop in this moment and 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 think about as we're talking about holiness, as we're talking about discipline, and then I'm going to go to a fin- foundational foundational uh, theological truth: is do you know that God loves you? Not 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 do you have information in your head and you can go to John three sixteen and and you you know what I mean and you can say, Oh, I know God loves me. No, do you know in your belly that God loves you? Do you have that confidence? Because if you don't, then 
please come and find me on Sunday morning so I could pray for you because I want you to know that. I want you to know that and that that would be deeply rooted in you because this concept and this truth about being holy and, and being disciplined, you could have a tendency to become legalistic, you see, and focus on it being a works-oriented thing instead of really living out of the grace and, and the love that God has for you. Okay? So, again, I want you to ponder where you are right now and ask yourself, this, be as direct with yourself as possible, do I really know that God loves me? And if there's just a little bit of you that's kind of going like that, please find me. All right? Because I want you to, to, to know. I want you to be really, really confident in that. It's everything. And, and, and these are the things that, you know, that God goes to great lengths to manifest that love for us. Great, great lengths. So what do we do? What do we do now surrounded by evil? Where you are right now. You do normal life. You do normal life. You're doing normal life. You're working, you have your house, please clean it, <laughs> all right? Um, mow your lawns for the sakes of your neighbors, if you have them, you know. Um, marry, multiply, breed, children, love it. <laughs> um, do normal life. God wants you to do normal life. Normal life is God's idea. It's always been from the garden. Pray for prosperity and peace of the city where you live. Do you live in Anaheim? Do you live in Yorba Linda? Do you live in Anaheim Hills? Do you live in Eastvale, the new land? Pray for where you live. Pray for peace for where you live. Pray for the businesses to prosper where you live. That's what God says. Because when you pray for that, then it goes good for you. You get blessed by it. Have discernment and don't be deceived by false prophets. Now, he's not talking about Babylonian prophets. He's talking about the, Ju- the, you know, the Judean prophets. So we have to know that there are Christians around us that deceive us and they don't really speak the truth. And, and if you don't know Bible, you're not going to know what it is. You're not going to know what is true because, see, they, they sound good. And especially if they make you feel hopeful, like, like God is going to rescue you tomorrow and God's going to change your life today, I'm going to tell you, you, you better sit down with God and say, is, is that really your voice? Right? Because you need to grow in your discernment. Because you don't want to be deceived. I know Bible, and I'm, I'm having to ask God, is that, is that a true word? He's been a pastor for thousands of years. Is that a true word? It doesn't sound like a true word. Heck, I can even hear pastors that I love, and they'll, they'll say something, and I go, I don't think so. <laughs> and I'm like, because I know that. And then I start flipping through my Bible. If you ever see me flipping through my Bible, I'm like, okay, there it is. You're wrong, but keep going, all right? Keep going, because I want to I wanna know Bible. I want to know what I believe. I want to know truth, 
right? It's important. I want to have that discernment. I want to know where I stand in stuff. Philippians 1, 9 through 10. This is, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge. Of what? Of God. Who God is. Not psychology, but sorry. Real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, in order to be holy until the day of Christ. So ask yourself, do you have discernment? Do you have it? Or do you kind of go with how you're feeling? Or what Oprah said. (laughs) Do you have it? Is the Holy Spirit able to move over you and give you discernment? Ask yourself. God has good plans filled with blessing. He has good plans. And in spite of the fact there's, there's, you know, as I studied Daniel, I mean, the people of, of Judah really flourished in Babylon. I mean, they flourished, they flourished so well that they didn't even want to go back to go build a wall. There's only a few number that went back to build a wall. And there's still people I've, I've read that, that are even in Israel right now that can track their, their families to Babylon because they've stayed there. They, God did bless them there. They, they became very wealthy there. They did good. God kept his word. So God will bless us. But watch out for the spoon. God tells us what to expect. He said 70 years. You're going to go hang out there for 70 years. So, you know, bloom where you're planted. Expect that 70 years. We have been told, you know, the kingdom of God's coming in 70 times 7, right? God tells us. God tells us. He gives us information. We are not totally and completely out of the dark. And I tell you, I don't know how many years I've been a Christian now, and every time, every year that I go back into the Word, I know something more that I didn't know last year. I'm smarter than I was last year. Because there's things that I go, oh my gosh, I didn't even, I never saw that before. I didn't even thought about. Do you know how long it took me to even figure out where the exile fell in with the Second Chronicles and First? Do you know what I mean? Do you know how? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's how it falls in line. Yes, because you get sermons and they pop you there, and then they pop you there, and they pop you there, right? But it's like when you finally get in there, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't know that. It's like, Father, I'm such a. Ugh. But, you know, every year you you get to grow and you get to see and you get to learn. But if you don't read Bible, you won't know nothing. And you're going to be trying to follow somebody and hang on them so they can get you and they can take care of you and protect you. And and if it's not the right person, ay, ay, ay. Right? So all of us here, we're here for Bible study. Bible study. Did you know that? Did you know that's why you were here for Bible study? Or did you think we were just getting here for snacking and just talking and hanging out? And, you know, we're here for Bible study. Right? That's why you're here. Bible study. 
not snack time. <laughs> but we get that in there. Remember, why are we here? Ah, uh, write it down, remind yourself. <laughs> and then God says, if you pray, he promises to listen to you. He says, if you look for him, he promises to let you find him. You see, God, and, and this is something that really has been challenging me this, this week as I've been reading in the word, is that the God is the one who allows you to find him. Do you want more of God? Are you feeling dry? Are you feeling like you don't have enough of God? Do you feel like you're, you know, kind of withering away? Well, maybe God's not letting you find him because you're not seeking him. And you need the spoon. But you see, that's the thing is God says, if you seek me, I'm going to let you find me. I love, love, love that God let me find him. I, I, cannot, I cannot live and breathe without him. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, do any, I can't even put on makeup on my face in the morning without him. God, how do I do my makeup today? I can't, I do, I ask God about everything. Everything. Because he, I abide in him. He abides in me. We do everything together. And I don't want to do anything without him. And I read, when I read the word, and I read about people that get blessed by him, and then they leave him. And I, and I, and I, go, and I cried the other day, and I cried, and I, I said, God, don't ever let me leave you. I'm so grateful that he let me find him. So, again, you know that, that prayer room, that little, it's a freezing room in there, but you go in that room, <laughs> and you run in there, and you run in there, and you ask, I'm seeking for God, I want to find God, and let us pray for you. Because that's what I did. I just... I could just, I was waiting for prayer if you want to come. And I'm just like, what do you want? More of God. And whatever else he tells you, more of God, more of God, more of God. That's what I want, more of God, more. I would literally go to church without makeup on because I knew I was going to ball. I knew that. I knew I was going to, I'm not going to bother to put on mascara. I'm not going to bother to do that because I'm going to start crying because I'm going to feel his love. And I did, I would feel his love. And, and I just, would run. I turn to people. If you sit next to me, usually I'll say, do you want prayer? No, I'm good. I'm like, wait for, the <laughs> wait for the spoon. Right? Because we need, we need, we need. We are so needy. There's one thing that I know about myself is I am so, so fragile I am such a fragile woman. And I say to God, God, I'm such a foolish woman. Have mercy on me. Give me wisdom. Give me strength. And then I, I'm like so fragile and so fearful and so whatever. And then I come out. <laughs> and 
And I go, God, how do I do that? I'm like, I am. It's like, I was like, even I was weeping in my room and crying on the spirit. And I heard Ethan going, Nani? He's all worried for me. Nani's praying right now. Because I am. I cry out to him. I cry out to him. I want more. I want more. I'm a sinner. I'm fragile. You hurt me. I need him. I hurt you. I need him. I don't know how to do stuff. I need him. I want to do stuff I shouldn't do. I need him. Fragile and strong. Let, let God let you find him. But you got to run. You got to run or you're going to get the spoon. He's going to, he promises to bring them home. He gives them hope. 70 years, you know, it's a long time. And, uh, but he promises that. And, and, and that's our God. He's our God of hope. The book of Daniel is about holiness, people. It's about a man who is holy. And it resulted because he determined to not sin. He determined to not sin and to trust God. And God makes it very clear in his word, the way that he writes it out, the way that Daniel recorded it. He makes it very clear that Daniel and his three friends determined not to break the law and eat anything unclean. He, they deter- the word is very specific, determine. Think about yourself. How determined are you about sin? How determined are you to not sin? How determined are you to be holy? Now, Daniel didn't reject his new pagan name or his pagan education that probably included mythology and, you know, witchcraft and all the occult sciences. And and why did he he not reject that? Because, see, there's nowhere in the law that it said that they couldn't do that. It didn't say anywhere in, in Deuteronomy that they couldn't do that. It said, don't let yourselves believe those things. Don't let yourself get consumed. But it didn't say anywhere that you couldn't do that. interesting isn't it God also makes it clear that Shadrach Meshach and Abednego won't worship idols even if it means tortured through fire he makes it clear how holy these these people are Daniel 317 if you're thrown into the blazing furnace the God whom we serve is able to save us he will rescue us from your power majesty but even if he doesn't We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. So think about about the spoon in your life. Whatever that is that God is doing right now to discipline you. Right? Think about it. Our tendency is to want to get out of it, manipulate it, you know, try to maneuver a way out of it. Instead of saying, you know what, God, whether you, you will... Whether you lift up, whether you whack me hard and, and I get a bruise or not, I'm going to trust you and you are God. Because it's, it's not, see, we're always looking for God to save us. You know, when Moses got saved, all those other babies died. 
right? Only one baby. I was sitting at a Bible study, and everybody was like, oh, I got I to gotta see God because my, you know, that way my baby. I said, only one baby. Only one baby lived. All the other babies didn't live. So what were those moms doing? Some people do get healed of cancer. Some people don't. Some people live to their ripe old age and die in their sleep, and some people die when they're 24 in a car accident. Why would God do that? Why would God do that? Why would God do that? And you get mad. Because he's holy and he can. He can do it. So we have to... We have to, like, move away from this God of just all grace, all grace. We have grace. But the grace is for us to be holy. That's what the grace is for. I counsel a lot of, like, 20 and 30-somethings, and they come in, and they're so, like, bless their little hearts. They're so defiled, you know, and they practice these sins all over the place, and they're like, but I live in the grace of Jesus. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, you're going to get whacked by a spoon really hard. So... So, so, so I have to teach them. I have to teach them about how to access grace, how to really live in grace so that it becomes powerful. The grace is powerful to overcome sin. The grace is powerful to say no to stuff. The grace is powerful to say yes to God. The grace isn't, well, God will forgive my sins and I'm going to be okay. It's like, no, 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 no. That's, you, don't, you don't know grace. That's not grace. That's not grace. That's deception. That's a lie. That's a false prophet. The grace is for you and I to be holy, to be strong, to endure, to deal with all this stuff with victory. That's grace. Grace is not so that you get spared of anything. Okay? At the, at, when, when you stand before God, the crown is not for all the grace that you received. <laughs> All the favor that you received. The grace is how you persevered, how you endured, how you made it. You made it, and you didn't give up, and you didn't let go, and you let that spoon discipline you and say, I do not want the spoon anymore. I am going to do what I need to do. (laughs) That's what grace is for. God is honored when we do that. When we exercise that kind of faith and that kind of obedience, he's honored by it. So while you're here in this time of evil, cultivate faithfulness. Cultivate discipline. Cultivate holiness. That's the word. I'm going to just tell you. When I sat with the Lord and he said, and I said, God, what do you want me to teach? And he says, you know what, Marty? These women lack discipline. He didn't give me one of your names. I don't have a specific <laughs> name of who you are. We're kind of all thrown in there. You know how Daniel's praying for the whole nation? Well, you're all thrown in there. We're all thrown in there. Because God's God, what God is saying is you lack discipline. I lack discipline. You lack it. You hear me? You lack it. I'm getting the spoon now. Right? And, and what God is saying is if you lack it, he wants to give it to you. And you can have it. And you can have it. You can have more. You can have more. And I would really like... And I have, it's such a joy in my heart when I stand up here and I look and I look out on, on, over you and I see those of you that are not where you were last year and you're not where you were two years ago. It, 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 
that kind of, I'm, those are the things that make me dance a jig. I, I get really excited about that. I love that. When I live, I'm like, yeah, because I love that. When you get it and you move, and, and you need to know that we can hear it in your voice. We can hear it in how you, how you deal with life. We can hear it in how you pray. So don't get scared of praying. Get praying so we can know where you're at and we can start exhorting you and challenging you. That doesn't mean I'm not going to pray anymore because I'm going to know. <laughs> but, 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 but I'm saying to you, we, 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 we can. People, people can. I, I, I do love it when people come up to me and say, you're a spirit-filled person, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I am. You can tell. And I love when I look out on you and I see you are not where you were last year. Some of you still are. Love you. Love you, love you. But I got to get the spoon. And God says, you lack discipline and you need it so that you can deal with what life is giving you. So, Repent of the idols that you worshipped. That's what Carol taught on. Repent on those things. Repent on all the things that you put before God. You can't read the word because you work. Hello? You can't read the word because you have kids that you prayed for and begged God for and cried on your knees for. Now you have them and you can't read the word. Hello? That education, if you're in college and you prayed and you begged God that you could go but you don't have time to read the word. Hello? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Because that's an idol, whatever that is, that doesn't allow you to read the word, whatever doesn't allow you to pray, whatever does not allow you to get stronger in the Lord. Your illness, if that doesn't allow you, that's your idol. You understand? Whatever's not letting you get to the Lord, that's your idol. So repent of that. Repent of that. Determine to keep yourself holy. Determine, 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 and know the word so that God can bless you. Daniel knew the law. He knew it. That's why he could obey it. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you something about really being in the word. And so this is not a legalistic assignment. This is just something for you to, to, to start somewhere. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I want you to buy yourself a one-year chronological Bible. And I want you to, in the morning... Give time, God, to read the date, whatever it is, on October 11th, and read, read that passage of Scripture and, and have, a, have a notebook there and underline your Bible and then write down on the side and write in your notebook and talk to God and say, God, this is what's staying with me about that. God, I really like that. God, why did you do that? And you write to God what you're reading. And the reason I'm telling you to get the chronological Bible because you need to know what the heck things fall in the Bible, where they go. <laughs> All right? You need to know. And so you want to know. You want you to read it through, and you want to see where it falls. You want to see where the particular psalm that David did. Oh, it's just a fascinating journey. But in the morning, chronological Bible, one year. And, and the reason I say chronological, because if you don't read it, it is going to be December 30th, and, 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 and your marker is still, you know, October 10th. And, and it's going to remind you about your lack of discipline. <laughs> All right? At night, 
buy your, buy your nightstand. I want you to buy the message Bible. And I want you to read one chapter. Because the message reads like a novel. It reads like a story. And you don't have to underline that. And you don't, you're, you're just soaking in the Bible. And it's getting inside your brain. It's getting inside your nerves. It's getting inside your spirit. It's getting inside your, your muscles. And it's healing you. And it's changing you. And it's strengthening you. And you're starting to flourish before you know it. But, but you need Bible. You, you can't really get stronger. I, I don't know how to say this to you. You really can't get stronger without Bible. So what we're giving you, you know, in Bible study, and I want you to know that I pray hard over those questions. I don't love doing those questions for you sometimes because I know you don't do them. And I had that conversation with God. I go, why do I have to sit here and labor and labor and labor when they don't even do their homework? I'm just being honest with you. It ain't easy to do that homework. It's not. You have to pour into something. But we obey because God tells us to, right? So we do it. Whether you do it or not, we do it. (laughs) Psalm 1, 2 to 3, but his delight, your delight, Francis' delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So what did I give you? I gave you in the morning. And I gave you in the night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not weather, and whatever he does, he prospers. Now you can, this is repeated in Joshua 1, 7. That, that this is, if you want to succeed in life, if you want to be good at whatever you do, there is a promise here that if you do these things, it's going to happen for you. You're going to do it. And lastly, just live a normal life. Do life. Do your life. Decorate, cook, clean, shop, go to little row parties, you know. <laughs> do normal life. But if you do these things, if you repent of your idols, if you determine to be holy, if you know the, the word of God, the result is God is going to be honored by your faith and your obedience. And we're going to see it. We're going to see it. We're going to be blessed by you. So the prayer Focus is pray for the Holy Spirit to strengthen you with discipline. Please underline discipline right now. Discipline to live a holy life. Please underline holy. All right? And I'm just going to say, do it. Amen.